I'm going to tell you the game of this episode right away, and it's this. We're drunk. We're fucking drunk right now. Okay, so here's what happened. Allie and I were like, okay, we're going to do a New Year's special. We had a holiday special? And it's New Year's. And it's New Year's. Today is New Year's Eve. Wow. So we were like, we'll do a New Year's special, and what we'll do for the New Year's special is we'll have a drunk episode, like drunk history. Yeah, we'll do like a drinking game. Drunk history, we're doing it. So... We're going to do that, but then we got dinner together, and we're already drunk. We beat you to the punch. We had a full bottle of champagne and three shots of gin. That three shots were your idea. I was going to do one shot of gin, and then you were like, we should have one more shot, and then you were like, we should have one more and shot. And I was like, oh, but we have to do one before we record. Yeah. And that was the third. This and is we're also, you should alley. both know that we're both old crones, mm-hmm. so we don't drink anymore. I really don't that often. We both at this point have like a glass of Pinot Grigio and we're like, I'm feeling it. <laughs> so this is threat level midnight for us. And I have to work tomorrow, so yep. pray for me. Ugh. Okay. Um, but, okay. So even though we are impaired, we're both going to be very professional. Welcome to I'm Horrified. I'm Sam Buntich and that's Allie Rayner. I'm Allie Rayner. This is Sam Buntich. So, uh... <laughs> We're going to do this episode for you. We're not going to edit it, by the way. Sam said we're going to edit it. I don't want to edit it. Well, I'm not going to edit it. All right. Well, you're stronger than me, so we'll see. But I'm not going <laughs> to let you edit it. This is my computer. In case, here's a couple things I'd like to say. Number one, if you don't drink, if you are a person who does not enjoy alcohol, that's chill. Me neither. Don't fucking drink. Don't do that. We both come from families with a history of alcoholism. Yeah, we do. And if you don't drink because it's not good for you... Don't do it! Good for fucking you. That's amazing. And I'm proud of you. And I want you to maintain your sobriety because you're a queen or king, depending on how you identify. B. If you do drink, we came up with a drinking game that you can play for this episode. So, I don't know if you guys have played drinking games to, like, movies or TV or podcasts before... But it's basically like, we give you a set of rules, and then when we do the things, you drink. So, you know what drinking games are. Well, I don't know. Unless you're very old. Somebody left us an iTunes review, and they were like, I'm a grandma. And I was like, get lit. I love you. Maybe she doesn't know what a drinking game is. Nana, I'm so proud of you for listening to this uh, podcast series. Get with it. I love you, Nana. Okay. <laughs> so, we wrote eight rules um, that we thought would be fun to play. If you have Sam wrote seven of them and I wrote the last one. <laughs> I just think it's fair that I say how many of them were <laughs> Sam's idea. Well, maybe they hate all of the ones except the last one. We'll find out. We'll cut that part out. Just kidding. We're not <laughs> editing it. We might a little. We're we not going to do that. We have to put in the dings. I'll do that. Okay. So, here it is. The semi-official I'm Horrified Drinking Game. Ding. And if you can think of a different, better rule for us... Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're not adding dings. I'm going to do them when we say I'm horrified. You're just going to ding out loud? Yeah, we don't have to say it. I'm not going to edit this. <laughs> I'm too drunk to edit this, so we're just all ding for you. Okay. Or me. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> it's probably true because I have to work tomorrow. Say we'll see, but I'm doing it. Yeah, I believe you. Okay, so here are the rules, you guys. So pour yourself a glass of white wine or beer or brandy or whatever you prefer to drink, and here are the rules. Number one, when anyone says I'm horrified, you drink. That's obvious. I'm already doing it. Thank you for dinging. You're welcome. Ding. Number two, eventually we'll put an Adam and Eve ad in this, um, and eventually we'll say offer code horror, and when we say that, you also drink. 
Maybe it was at the beginning of the podcast. So if you heard it already, drink right now. Start drink. the podcast over. Drink. 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 Unless you don't want to. You did a great job. Or you're underage. Come on, you guys. Yeah, we never drank underage. <laughs> I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Um, when we go between segments and there's a very bad segue where we try to connect the two topics, drink right then. Just to ignore, um, how we did. What's a good example of that? Give me an example. So say something, Sam. Oh, gosh. Um, da-da-da-da-da, and that's how all those murders happened. Oh, speaking of, you know... Speaking of murders, I'm... I've died for fashion. I'm gonna talk about... Yep, yeah. That... (laughs) That. That. That kind of segue, you can drink. Number four, at some point, and I've already done this tonight when, as I was drinking, I'm going to say to Allie, hold my hand. Yeah, you do that a lot. And when I do that, inevitably at some point in this podcast, you can drink. We average about two an episode, so it's a pretty safe bet. I, one of my love languages is, like, physical contact. Hand holding. Yeah. Um, number five. Usually in the beginning portion of the podcast, or at any time throughout the podcast, one of us mentions that it's been a rough week for us. So when we do that, you can drink. (laughs) When we talk about how destitute we are, you're allowed. It's allowed. You can drink. I'm turning off the volume of my phone. Come on, Sam. You know I'm not editing this. I know. Did you get a new phone case? I did. It was a Christmas gift. Love it. Thank you. It's really nice. Thank you so much. Pale pink listeners. Millennial pink. Um, it's millennial pink. If I beg Allie to hold my hand, you can drink. Got it. If uh, we say it's a rough week, you can drink. At some point during each other's segments, we're inevitably going to either scream for a long time or groan for a long time. Naturally. So, like, with me, it usually sounds like, ugh. Uh, and when I do that, you can drink. Or not, depending on what you want to do. Uh, usually when I'm talking at some point, Allie goes, what? I do do that. It's a thing you do. And when I, and when Allie does that, you can drink. And then finally, if we reference The Matrix tonight, which we have in multiple episodes. We haven't in a while, but never say die. I would say finish your drink. Chug it. If one of us talks about The Matrix tonight, finish it. If I mention Keanu fucking Reeves <laughs> once, get into it. Finish your drink. Pour it up. So that's the I'm Horrified drinking game. I'm sorry that it took me a full six minutes to explain. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. What if this episode isn't good? It's not going to be that good. Okay. (laughs) It's not going to be that good. I think we're going to get like a hundred listens on this. So today I'm going to- Who has already turned this podcast off? Anyone? (laughs) Who's done? All right, what are you going to talk about, Sam? Let's get into the meat of it. Let's get into the Let's meat. Let's not keep them waiting anymore. Because we're still doing it like we're doing a normal episode. Yeah. I'm just drunk. We're just kind of going on. So today I'm going to talk about a woman named Nanny Doss. And I'm going to talk about Shelley Duvall. Ooh, two ladies. Two ladies. Arguably that's already a segue that I'm building, so you could drink. Mm-hmm. I'm Who's not Nanny Doss? saying, I'm just saying. You told me she was... A lady murderer? A murderer? Yeah. Give me it. So I haven't talked about a murderer in a while, so I thought tonight would be a good day to do it. Shelley Duvall is also a murderer. Really? No, she's not. Oh. <laughs> I'm less interested, but okay. Back to Nanny Doss. So she is a lady murderess, and she is also known as the Giggling Granny. Fuck. That's scary. Yeah. And I just watched Bird Box. Okay. Is that... Is this scary? Okay. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Have you watched it yet? It. No, but I read a, uh, uh, a Wikipedia synopsis. Oh, it's so good. Okay. That doesn't have anything to do with this, though. Tell no, me about I it. don't think it does. Um, I just want to throw out a trigger warning really quickly. Um, because she is a woman in the, like, she was born in 1905 and she dies in, like, the 1960s. So she was a victim of domestic abuse. I do not linger on it. But if it is a thing that really freaks you out, I just want you to know, trigger warning. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So, let's talk about Nanny Doss. So Nancy, in quotes, Nanny Hazel, was born to a family of farmers in 1904 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. So we're in the South. Hot. And instead of going to school, all five of Jim and Louisa Hazel's children, including Nanny, stayed home and worked on the farm and did household chores, which sucks. Both Nanny and her mom hated her dad because he was just like an abusive, controlling piece of shit. And he wouldn't let his daughters wear makeup and he wouldn't let them go to parties. Fuck. And he was like, I'm not going to let you do this because I think you're going to be molested if you do this. Well, surprise, um, what's your name, Hazel? Jim Hazel. But, uh, they got molested anyway. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks a lot, history. Because it was the olden time and history is so dark. It is. Why does everything terrible happen in, like, 1903? It's awful. It's just awful to be a human person in the 1900s. Ugh. So at age seven... While their family was taking a train ride to see relatives in southern Alabama, Nanny hit her head on a metal bar on the seat in front of her when the train suddenly stopped. Ow. And for years after that, she suffered headaches, blackouts, and depression. And she blamed these and her mental instability on that accident. Um, and if anyone who listens to this podcast listens to My Favorite Murder, which I used to listen to all the time but I have not listened to recently... But you know that a head injury in early childhood is, head like, injury. a bad sign. Bad sign. And it means murders are a common. If you get hit on the head, you will kill someone. That is science. <laughs> that might be science. So, by the time she was a teenager, Nanny was, like, dreaming of an idyllic life with a future husband. And her favorite thing to do was to read romance magazines... Um, or romance novels, which I respect because yeah, I, totally I respect that. also read romance novels. And her favorite thing was to read the Lonely Hearts column. Ooh. Which is basically like, <laughs> you're drinking um, Did I make a noise? champagne as you do this. Ooh. <laughs> That's in my wine glass. Please continue. Um, a Lonely Hearts column is basically like, uh, like want ads, but it's like, I want to fuck. So Does that exist still? I don't know, because I don't read uh, print media anymore. It's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but We're just roasting my boyfriend as a journalist right now. Printing media is dead, babe. I love you. <laughs> Back in the day, you would write a column that was like, I'm a 25-year-old woman, and I'm just looking for someone who likes pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. And then it would be also, like... Also, I'm desperately poor. Please marry me. <laughs> and then someone else would write, like, dear pina colada lover, like... Oh, they'd write back to each other? I am also interested Bitch, in Bitch, let's write this back. This sounds amazing. We should fuck. Like, ah! that is what a Lonely Hearts column was for. I love that. They wanted to find their soulmate. So then, Nanny is 16 and her marriages begin. Note that I said marriages. It's multiple. So, at 16, Nanny Doss... Um, who's not Nanny Doss at this point. She's Nanny Hazel. Um, she was a man that she's only known for four months, and his name is Charlie Braggs. 
Charlie was totally, like, dad approved. Dad loved him. Not that he's gonna brag about it. Um, they worked at, like, a factory together. Laugh at that. <laughs> Laugh at that. Allie, you're so funny. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. Charlie Bragg, like Allie said, like, bragging. Not that he's gonna, okay. <laughs> um, so, Nanny wrote in her doubt diary, um, quote, I married, as my father wished, in 1921, to a boy I only knowed for about four or five months who had no family. Big yikes. Only a mother who was unwed and who had taken over my life completely when we were married. She never seen anything wrong with what she'd done, but she would take spells. She would not let my own mother stay the night. What, is, what do you mean she would take spells? I think, like, she would pretend to be sick. Like, she'd be like, oh, I'm having a spell. Oh, God. I need to be taken care of. I thought you meant she was, like, a witch. I wish. That'd be awesome. And for Nanny's sake, I wish. But Nanny was basically, like, taking care of this old woman. Her husband was a piece of shit. And she couldn't even see her family. That sucks. So that's not romantic at all. And you know that Nanny loves romance novels. Yeah. I'd be fixing to kill somebody over this. Does she? Uh, you'll see. (laughs) So... Nanny and Charlie end up having four children together between 1921 and 1927. Um, However, after the birth of their youngest child, Florine, things start to really fall apart in their marriage because Charlie's mom is a piece of shit. It just sucks to be around. Nanny hates her. And Charlie is fucking everyone ever. Mind you, Nanny is also fucking everyone ever. But still, it's no good. I love, like, picturing them having a fight. Like, you're fucking everyone. He's like, you're fucking everyone, too. And she's like, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Literally, that's what their fights probably sounded like. Because she was sleeping around. Because she's looking for love. Nanny is romantic. It's fucking same. Yeah. I don't care who she kills. I'm on her side. <laughs> All right. I'm still putting that right now. I don't care how violently she kills anyone. Okay. I am on her side. We're going to talk again at the end of this episode. <laughs> So, it's 1927. Their baby, Florine, is not even a year old. That's such a toothpaste name. But the couple's two middle daughters die suddenly of food poisoning. Oh. Oh, did she kill them? And one version of the story has Charlie coming home to find the two of them dead on the floor. Fuck. And Nanny basically being like, oh my god, there must have been something crazy wrong with their lunch. Like, how could that happen? Oh no, she fucking killed them. So Charlie, like... Does not report this, but is like, this is suspicious. We're going to keep tabs on this for sure. Yeah, like, I don't like this. Um, and he basically leaves her um, with the eldest daughter, Melvina. Like, he takes his oldest daughter and he's like, we're going to go. Melvita? Melvina is the oldest Melvita? Melvina. Melvina. It's like the name Melvin, but with an A. Melvita? A lot like that. A breakfast bar. A lot like that. I think Velveeta like the cheese. And Florina. And Florine. Florine. Like like fluoride, which goes into the water to make your teeth better. I can't with this. Please continue. Soul timey. So, Charlie is like, I gotta be honest, I'm afraid of you, and I'm gonna leave. <laughs> and after, like, many years later, some shit goes down with Nanny that I'm gonna describe, and Charlie literally says, like, Hi, I was afraid that my wife was going to fucking kill me, so I left. So I respect Charlie. He's the only person who has any sense in this story. But did he take his kids with him? He took one of them. So two of his kids get die mysteriously. Got it. 
he leaves the baby with Nanny, mm-hmm. Florine, but he takes Melvina, the oldest daughter. He's Got like, it. we're going to go. <laughs> you take the baby and do whatever the fuck you want to do. And they divorce in 1928. So, a year after the divorce, Nanny marries her second husband, whose name is Frank Harrelson. And he is, this sounds pretty hot, an abusive alcoholic from Jacksonville, Florida. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> AKA, maybe the world's biggest piece of shit. Does Jacksonville, Florida have any other type? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Um, if, if you are from Jacksonville and you like this podcast, tweet at us and we'll tell you that you're perfect. We're sorry. So, Nanny is very into him because they met through Nanny's favorite thing in the world. Alone, no, a Lonely Hearts column. Oh, she romantic. So they met because they both wrote into a Lonely, lonely Hearts column. That's cute. And Frank was writing her all these romantic letters. Mm, and Nanny was honey. responding with racy letters and photos of herself. Honey! She yeah. was sending him nudes. Old nudes. And at this point, she's like in her 20s, so she's still hot. Um, And this marriage lasts 16 years. Fuck. This is Nanny's longest marriage. Um, But after a while, his alcoholism and abuse gets to her because Nanny starts acting out, question mark. And here's how she acts out. So Nanny's oldest daughter, Melvina, went with her dad. But Nanny ultimately gets back in contact with her and she is now married and she has a little son named Robert, Nanny's grandson. And in 1944, ooh, wow, okay, let me take some water, a sip of water. 1940 which? 1945 is the year. In 1945, Melvina, Nanny's daughter, gives birth to another baby, a little girl. But this little girl dies shortly after birth. Um, Melvina is, like, exhausted from labor, which makes sense, and is very groggy, but basically she's like, Oh my god, like, I thought I saw my mother, Nanny, stick a hat pin into my baby's fucking head. What the fuck? And she tells her husband and her sister, like, I thought I fucking saw this. Like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh, like, that's weird. Nanny just, like, was holding the baby when she died and told the doctor that she died. Um, And yeah, we didn't notice she was holding a pin. Fuck. But we didn't think anything of it. But, like, then they go to the doctors and they're like, Doctor, did this baby get a hat pin stabbed into its fucking head? And the doctors are like, can't tell ya. Don't know. Don't know. Could be, could not be. <coughs> but, like, this baby dies. Very sad. <coughs> I'm dying. Okay. I am so drunk I can't even see. <laughs> You're gonna have to do a segment later. Oh my god. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta speed it up because I'm not gonna be able to talk about Shelley Duvall. There's a lot minutes. happening in the story. Is there? She's had her first murder. <sighs> um, the doctors are basically like, we don't know what happened. This baby just died. It's the 1900s. Babies die sometimes. So, but this death of the baby takes a big stress on Melvina and her husband's marriage. They kind of break up, and Melvina starts seeing this soldier. And Nanny really disapproves of him, and Melvina is like, it's deeply none of your business. Uh, doesn't matter what you think. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm gonna go visit Dad, who you hate, and can you watch my, like, two or three-year-old son, Robert, while I'm gone? Mm-hmm. Of course, 
under Nanny's care, Robert dies very mysteriously in 1945. Naturally. And his death is diagnosed as asphyxia from unknown causes. So it's like, he just choked. We don't know why. And two months later, Nanny collects $500 of life insurance because she had taken out a life insurance policy on Robert. I also assume that around this time, Melvina stopped talking to Nanny, and I hope that's true. I hope so. Because fuck, both her children are dead. Fuck. So let's get back to Nanny's terrible husband, Frank, who she's been married to for 16 years. I forgot about him. I know. So he's been awful this whole time. And then, in September of 1945, he gets very drunk after Japan surrenders to the Allies. (laughs) Who didn't get drunk that night. Exactly. A lot of people get wasted that night. But he gets especially wasted, and what he does is fucking rape Nanny. Ah! Yeah. So, like, that's a breaking point. Nanny is frankly fed up, and she finds Frank's bottle of whiskey, and she puts a bunch of arsenic in it. And a bunch of rat poison. Yes! Good! And he dies a painful death that evening. Good! Frankly, I get it. Get fucked, frankly, Frank. Frankly, I get it. So people are like, oh, that's interesting, but Frank was a piece of shit. So he probably died of alcoholism. We don't care. We're not interested. Can I stand? Yes. Yes. Um, and he, and Nanny uses the insurance money to buy some land. She buys a house. She's doing well. Like Goodbye Earl. Like, a lot like Goodbye Earl. Next, there's a man named Arlie Lanning. And they meet because he responds to her Lonely Hearts Club ad in oh the newspaper. Oh my god, she has this system she's like i'm a widow and i'm looking for love and he's like i'm looking for love as well and they get married three days after they meet each other keep going are you gonna throw up i'm not gonna throw up we're gonna get rice crackers i'm gonna wait until you come back don't wait keep going okay listeners so um like frank arlie is unfortunately a total alcoholic and not the prince charming of nanny's dreams So, he dies suddenly one day after eating one of Nanny's delicious home-cooked meals. What can you do? Who knows what happened? Maybe he just died. Maybe it was rat poison. Who knows? Uh, Everyone figures he just drank himself to death, and they feel very bad for poor Nanny, who loved him so much. It turns out the couple's house had been left to Arlie's sister, but then, weirdly, it burns down. How weird. And the insurance money all goes to Nanny. Um, oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> Nanny is also supposed to be taking care of Arlie's mother, but weirdly, she dies in her sleep. How weird. So weird. Anyway, now she has all this money and no one to take care of. So she goes to North Carolina and she ends up staying with her sister, Dovey. Dovey, poor Dovey. That's not a name. Dovey is bedridden. Oh. She's very sick. And just a few days after Nanny arrives, she dies. How sad and random. And not at all to do with the fact that Nanny had shown up. So Nanny's next husband, so we're on husband number, like, three, is named Richard Morton, and he's from Emporia, Kansas. And she met him through a dating service called the Diamond Circle Club. The fuck? Which was a lot like a Lonely Hearts Club. Just gotta say. And their newlywed bliss is interrupted in 1953 because Nanny's mother breaks her hip. Her father is dead, and Nanny's mother has to come live with her. And Nanny's like, this is not romantic at all. I agree. That my mother has to live with me with her broken ass hip. What do you know, though? Nanny's mother ends up dying just shortly after moving in with them. She experiences some terrible stomach pains after eating some of Nanny's home-cooked meals. 
She is a murderer. She dies. How weird. It's nothing. By how weird you mean, I'll let you talk. Yeah. She's killing them all, just so you guys know. This is a spoilies. Uh, one would think the death, the death of a loved one might bring a couple closer, but instead Nanny discovers that Richard has been just super cheating on her this whole time he's been fucking around. He deserved it. And how weird he has some coffee that Nanny makes him, and then the next day he dies. Just three, three months after, um, her mom. They both die. How weird. Poor Nanny. She has such a weird life where her loved ones keep dying when they're not convenient to her. Um, Nanny Doss's fifth husband was named Samuel, Samuel Doss. So finally she's Nanny Doss. Oh, I get it. She's, she's been known as Nanny Doss in history, but now she's really Nanny Doss. So this is Humber, is this husband number last? Yeah, five. Got it. Samuel was a Nazarene minister, and therefore he disapproved of the romance novels and stories that his wife adored. Like, they were like her favorite thing in the world. Get fucked. If you're not interested in my interests, you can't be my husband. Yeah. And he told her, quote, Christian women don't need a television or romance magazines to be happy. Says you. And he forbid her from reading romance magazines. And she has loved those since she was like literally eight years old. That's so rude. So like, then she laced his prune cake with poison. Obviously. Obviously. What else was she supposed to do? Exactly. So he gets rushed to the hospital, and he spends a month recovering, and the doctors are like, how weird that he had this digestive tract infection. Oh, well, it must have just been normal. So weird. He goes back home. He's released from the hospital. Oh, no, he lived? Yeah, he lives. He goes back home, and Nanny's like, honey, I made you this delicious cup of coffee. You should drink it. He dies the next day. (laughs) There we go. He literally dies the next day. Um, She's, like, reading a fucking smutty romance novel at his funeral. And so finally, this death is suspicious enough that one of Sam Doss's doctors are like, huh, we should do an autopsy because it's so weird that he was okay in our care for a full month. And the minute he went home, he fucking died. And they're like, oh, nanny, like, we should just do an autopsy because, like, it'll be good for the future to know what happened. And nanny's like, okay, that sounds normal. Fine. Okay. That was her big fucking mistake. Yeah, big fucking mistake. Because they find out that Samuel Doss had a crazy amount of arsenic in his system. How did that get there? And so Nanny gets arrested in 1954 after just, like, decades because they're like, how weird this one of your husbands died of arsenic. So at first, Nanny refuses to acknowledge her role in Samuel Doss's poisoning. Um, he's, she's like... He's my husband. I never would have harmed him. Why would I? Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. Exactly. They just don't. And the police are like, Nanny, like, arsenic does not just show up in someone's system. Like, someone puts it there. Are you a doctor? And, like, I think you poisoned all your husband. What's the fuck? And they're like, I think you poisoned Sam. And she responds, quote, and this is a literal quote, which is hilarious. I don't know what you're talking about. Me? Poison? What? I love her. So, uh, the police continue to dig into Nanny's past, and they find out about all these suspicious fucking deaths. Like, her mom, her sister, her daughters, all her fucking husbands, her grandchildren. They're like- She killed her fucking- (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They're like, what the fuck? Been a while. And they dig up a lot of these bodies, and they find either arsenic traces or evidence of asphyxiation. 
So it's like all these people were either poisoned or suffocated to death. Interesting. Probably it was fucking Nanny. And finally she confesses. um, And this is what she says about her last husband, Sam. And I'll just read it to you because it's so legendary. Quote. He wouldn't let me watch my favorite programs on the television. And he made me sleep without the fan on on the hottest nights. He was a miser and... Well, what was a woman to do under those conditions? Yes! <laughs> I agree! So, You're Nancy, not gonna let me put the fan on? Exactly. If my boyfriend didn't let me put the air conditioner on, it would be out, out the fucking door. Amen. I swear to God. Amen. So Nanny is ultimately confesses to the murder of her husbands. And she's like, I did not kill them for the insurance money. That's not what it was about. That's not my game. And she says, quote, I was searching for the perfect mate, the real romance in life, unquote. Her novels. Exactly like the romance novels she had been reading since she was a child. Oh my god. Meanwhile, journalists were giving her the nickname the Giggling Granny, because every time she would repeat this story, she would be laughing all the way through it oh, about how funny it was. very scary. <laughs> yes. It's no good. It's horrifying. Um, so, she ultimately pleads guilty to the murders of Samuel Doss, and that's the only one she was really tried on. Like, we know she killed all these other people, but they only had to try her on her last husband. And she's sentenced to life imprisonment. And they did not pursue the death penalty because of her gender, because she was a woman. Which, sexist. Um, (laughs) Just kill me, I'm equal. But so, she ultimately dies from leukemia in the hospital ward of the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in 1965. But she killed, ultimately, in her life, an estimated 8 to 11 people. Yikes. And I am horrified. Dang. That's fucking Nanny Doss. Nanny Doss. It's, like, bad to do that. Don't get me wrong. It is bad to murder. Don't mis- don't miscontext me right now. It's mm-hmm. bad. But, like, if my husband didn't let me watch Gilmore Girls, I would be like... All right, this is the end of the road. What I would say is, like, it's ultimately her bad. Yes. And her picker was really off. Agreed. Because at least half her husbands were pieces of shit. And she shouldn't have married them. I mean, yeah. they were pieces of shit. But she shouldn't have murdered them, She shouldn't have murdered them. Don't twist our words. Don't twist our words. We're not trying to murder anyone. I have to pee. You can't pee. We're not editing this. Can you just pause it? No. Oh, yeah, I can. Can you just do that for me? To be continued. AdamandEve.com is the world's number one online source for adult toys. And I'm horrified is the world's number one source for nightmares, aren't we, Sam? We so are. So, we've joined forces to bring you some sweet deals. Use our offer code HORROR at checkout for 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's H-O-R-R-O-R. AdamandEve.com. We're not horrified at all. All right, I Sam. Think you did it. You just peed. I sure and did. And we're fucking back. Here we're we are. We're out of water. We're out of water. Go fill the water back up. Can you? I don't. I didn't mean to say that without please. That's very rude for me to be like, go fill the water. No, up. it's okay. Can you pause the podcast again? No, go just get it. I'm gonna talk to the listeners. Talk to the listeners for a minute without me. Okay, <laughs> listeners, this is some private time between you and Allie. Listeners, Allie. Here I go. tell talk about what you really think about me. It is Allie Rayner time. One on one. And we're about to talk about Shelley Duvall, a woman who makes me very, very sad. Here's Sam filling up our water. It's very good. Um, I'm not going to say any more until she comes back, because I want to tell her the story, too. 
Oh, here she is. Sam's back! I fully cannot go to work tomorrow. Just <laughs> call out. Just call out. It's I have fine. to go, though. Ugh, I just need a sleeve of Chips Ahoy. We're doing it. All right, Shelly Duvall, the first thing I will ask you is, have you seen The Shining? Sam? No. You haven't seen it? I'm too scared about horror movies. You're scared of things. I love it, but it's very scary, so I'll probably make you watch some of it. I'd rather but, not. Oh, <laughs> for the podcast. In a nutshell. <laughs> the thing is I do for you guys. You guys? All right. Who out there has seen The Shining? Raise your hand. But in a nutshell, a family is caretaking a resort in the middle of nowhere by themselves. Because it's the winter, and the resort is a summer resort, so they're like, we need a family to stay here all winter to take care of this resort. And the man is a writer, right? Yeah, he's a writer. So it's Jack, Jack Nicholson, he's Jack Torrance, Shelley Vall plays his wife, Wendy, and their kid is named Danny. And, and then- he didn't know he was in a horror movie, did you know that? He didn't? No. So, I hear- I've never seen The Shining, but I'm interested in trivia. Trivia. So they the, didn't tell him. The little boy thought he was just in a movie about a hotel. So fucking scary! They, How did he not know? Yeah, they they hid all the scary stuff from him, and he watched it as an adult. I was like, and what he the was fuck? like, fuck! Literally, what? <laughs> like, how did I miss all that this? That is traumatizing. So, okay, the whole crux of the plot is while they're up there, they're alone, and Jack Nicholson tries to kill all of them. He has an axe, and he's going to the bathroom. Correct! Yes. Okay, and like, sorry for the spoilers, but this movie was released in 1980s. Get over it. It's not a spoiler anymore. Anyways, Shelley Duvall is a beautiful, glass-eyed, Bambi-looking woman. Okay. And she screams through the entire movie, (laughs) and it is high art. I'm proud of her. But the guy who directed it, his name is Stanley Kubrick, he was a total asshole, and I'm gonna tell you why. Stanley Kubrick is the guy that film majors love to jerk off to. We went to Emerson, we get it. Yeah, I do. So he did like 2001 A Space Odyssey. I've he seen did that. Eyes Wide Shut. I've not seen that. Eyes Wide Shut. Okay, Eyes Wide Shut has Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. I know that That's where they wearing, fucking met. She's wearing very high waisted underwear. Yes. And a bra. You can see her nips through. Well, it is an erotic thriller that is the genre. That was really popular in the 90s. It was. being sexy but also scary. Yeah, but Nicole Payman, that's where she met Tom Cruise. And so that's how they fell in love Scientology-wise. Hold my hand. It's a trap, Nicole! Hold my hand. That was not the right choice for her. It was not the right choice for her. And now she's with country artist Keith Urban. She is with Keith. And I think that's better. I think it's better for her. She has two children. You know One what? of them's name is Sunday Rose. Do you? Oh, that's cute. Do you want to know what you need to do? If you if you don't know what we're talking about, A, get a Google. B, go back in our catalog. We have a celebrity celebrities and Scientologist episode. C, wait, can I give a C? Give a C. On HBO, and I think maybe also on Netflix. You're going to talk about Going Clear? And maybe also on the internet. There's <laughs> a documentary by Lawrence Wright called Going Clear, and it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It's I've watched it I've approximately seen. seven times. I love it. Because I watched it by myself, and then I was like, Allie, you have to watch this. And then I was like, my other roommate, Becky, you have to watch this. And then I was like, my boyfriend, Adam, you have to watch this. <laughs> and I've watched it with about 18 people. I will spread the gospel of Going Clear the way that Scientologists spread Scientology. We oh have God. to get back to Shelley Duvall. Okay, tell so me about he, Okay, so Stanley Kubrick, he's a person. He directed The Shining, and they filmed it in England over like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to take like five or six months, but he went way over schedule because he doesn't respect anybody's time, which is rude. Stan! Stan! So The Shining is based off of a Stephen... Did I say it's based off of a Stephen King novel? No, but I knew that. Everybody knows that. Okay, so it is. It's based off of him and his novel. So anyways, um... Ow, ow. Am I loud? I think we got too drunk. I think we... <laughs> 
dick drug. This is not going to be a good episode. I'm really worried about it. <laughs> Don't eat the cookie, that cookie because you're going to choke on it. I think we should post it. I think it's fine. We might get fired. It's okay. So, okay. So, sweet Shelly. She's in England. They're filming. It's She's never been famous before. She really? has never been famous before. And now she's in this big Kubrick film, and she's like, yes, I am making it big. I'm leading the psychological That's thriller. Thing. I am a real actress. It's a big break. I think before this, she played Olive Oil in a Popeye movie. Really? She looks like Olive Oil, I swear to fucking God. I have seen her, and she does look like Olive yeah, Oil. Yeah, she That's does. true. Um, so she's in England by herself with all of these camera dudes. And the entire time for the year, like, the year and change that they're shooting... Stanley Kubrick is being fucking mean to her. That's a year what, and change is a long time for a film shoot. It is a long time for someone to be mean to you. So the entire time, um, the entire time, so Stanley Kubrick is like, everyone says, like, no, he purposely isolated her, and he, he's, like, doing this, like, method directing tactic. Because she feels isolated in the movie, so he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna isolate her. I and it's like, method. she's a fucking actress. She yeah. knows how to do what she's doing. I hate method acting more than anything. I and know. And I am an acting major, so I know it's bad. Who was the guy in Lincoln? What is that guy's name? Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis, I will fight you with my fist. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, so purposely, so, okay, that's not the right line. So he always said, there's, like, a video of him doing this, because his daughter, like, filmed The Shining. No, not the movie. He filmed The Shining. He was the director. But she filmed, like, the making of it. Mm-hmm. And he's always seen as, like, saying, like, don't sympathize with Shelly. So she's, like, crying on the ground. He's like, don't sympathize with her. Don't sympathize with Shelly. What the fuck? She's upset. She's a woman and she's sad. She's a real person. So he would, like, berate her and scream at her and just be a complete dick to her while they were shooting. That's horrible. <laughs> so I'm going to read a quote from hers. Um, go, quote, Going through day after day of excruciating work was almost unbearable, Duvall told Roger Egbert in the December of 1980. Jack Nicholson's character had to be crazy and angry all the time, and in my character, I had to cry 12 hours a day, all day long. The last nine months straight, five or six days a week. I was there a year and a month, and there must have been something to primal screen therapy, but after the day was over, I cried for 12 hours. After all that work, hardly anyone even criticized my performance in it, or even mentioned it, it seemed like. The reviews were all about Kubrick, like I wasn't there. So nobody even was like, oh, you did a good job screaming your whole life for a year. What the fuck? A year and change is unusually long, long for a movie. You, you usually do it for like six months or something. Yeah, that's a crazy amount of time to be filming a movie. Shelly did an amazing job, and also fuck Stanley Kubrick in general. She was also good in the movie, so I'm not even doing this. And I haven't seen it, but I know for a fact she's amazing and perfect. Okay, so, like, let's talk about it. There's a baseball scene. No, there isn't. They don't play baseball. There's a there's a scene in The Shining where Jack Nicholson... You're thinking of The Sandlot. <laughs> I don't think of The Sandlot! I would give anything for Stephen King to listen to this podcast. Stephen King, we already talked about it. You're an icon. You live in Maine. Let's get into it. Steve. Okay. Steve, listen. Tabitha, I know you're out there. Okay, so there's a scene, right? He's going... Jack Nicholson's in it. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. She reads... The novel he's been writing, it's nonsense. She's like, what have you been doing? You're crazy. That's he's going I full crazy. my partner a lot of the time. I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> what are you doing? What do you do all day? So he's going full crazy, and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And she's like, no, thank you. And so she starts swinging a baseball bat at him and screaming and crying at the top of her lungs. And so, like, that's what happens during the scene. She's just like, Jack, don't! Jack, please! 
And she's like swinging a baseball bat at him. And it's like not working because he's still trying to kill her. Whoops. <laughs> so that looks really difficult. Like it's a, it's a really emotional scene. And like we're actors. We get it. That must have been fucking exhausting to shoot. Guess how many takes Kubrick made her do of that scene. Oh no, so many. So many. But guess how many it was. Ten. Ten? Guess how many it was. <laughs> 15. No, it was 127. What? She made him do 127 takes of that fucking scene. Ah! And she's like, Jack, don't kill me. 127 times. Oh my god. And you know he fucking had it by take 35. Get away from me. Alright, so Wait, after- that's such a dark place to go to. I know, she had to go to that dark place 127 times. Fuck. Why? Oh, 127 hours. Is that a movie? <laughs> it is a movie. It's okay. James Franco. And he has to cut his own arm off. It's stuck under a rock. We're not talking about that right now. I'm okay, horrified so after by that too. all of this, the movie comes out and everyone's like, yay, this movie. But Stephen King hates it, which is fine because he really likes adaptations of his stuff. I think he likes Stand By Me. I think he's kind of a douchebag in real Do life. Do you think that? Here's the truth. Hold my hand. Drink. <laughs> I forgot. Um, here's a truth that I think. Yeah. I think he's an, a good writer. Yeah. But I think then he's like, I'm great. Do you know what? I think and you're right. I don't think anyone's great. I agree. I don't know that anyone in the whole world is that good. I don't think so either. So when he's like, I don't like that adaptation, I'm like, I don't like you. I don't like you. I just asked him to be on the podcast. Steve. <laughs> if you were considering it a moment ago, I think you're brilliant. Don't let that deter you. Don't be um, sad about how bad that latest movie did in the box office with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. I'm sure it was still good. Which one was that? Oh, it was his fucking craziest movie. Hang on. You keep talking and I'll Google it. What what movie could they possibly have been in? Together. Matthew. You're Googling it? McConaughey. I'm going to keep talking. Uh, hey. Okay, so the movie comes out. Everyone's like, yay, this is great. Stephen King. Um, Stephen King's like, I don't like it. And so... He says, I hated this, it's misogynistic, and they made my Wendy character into this horrible character. The Dark Tower. It's called The Dark Tower. I knew that. Okay, we're moving on. Steve. Okay, so, so he comes out and oh, he's wait, like- Oh, wait, they said they made a, a misogynistic movie, like, it's about a man who wants to murder his wife, so I don't know how that's not Yeah, I don't know how he made it not misogynistic. No, I read it, I read it when I was, like, 14, and- he was like, they made Wendy into, like, a terrible, weak woman, and that's not the woman that I wrote. I think he's right. I think he did, he wrote a strong woman who fought back at her husband, and in the movie she doesn't do that, so I get that. Okay. So she's like, so his direct quote is, they, like, they made her into a screaming dish, dish rag, which I get it. Like, in the book, she's very strong, she's a very interesting character, and he doesn't want that character to be besmirched, he doesn't want that character to be made one note, I get it. But it's like, come on, you're Shelley Duvall, and this bearded film nerd has been yelling at you for 13 months! For a year! For a year and change, as we have said, and now Stephen King hates you? What the fuck? That would be awful! And so, like, justice for Shelly. That's all I'm saying. Justice for Shelly. Justice for Shelly. Justice for Shelly. Also, Shelly Miscavige. This, so, these two things. This justice for Shelly Duvall. Drink is a segue. Drink is a segue. It's a segue. So, ju justice for Shelly, but then also justice for Shelly Miscavige. She's been missing for a year. Go look it up. Can I just say, can I say something to you? Yes. Well, I was at my mom's over Christmas. Tell me about it. I caught up on... Leah Remini's TV show Scientology. In the Leah Remini is a hero, and she has a whole episode about Shelley Miscavige. Does she have a whole episode about it? She does. Oh my god! And she's basically like, "Here's the thing. 
I know, probably, Shelly Miscavige is alive. Do you think she's alive? I think she's alive. I think they killed her. No, I think she's alive and they're holding her against her will. Shelly! Because the, Lee Remini was like, I put in a missing persons report so the police would have to fucking look at her in the eye. Because that's the only way you can close a missing persons report. Oh, and then the police were like, it's a, it's a it's closed. closed. It's closed. So the police have, so she's alive. So the police have said, hey, this report is closed. So that means she's alive. They saw her with their eyes. No, they can't, they have her. They're trapping but her. But I think they're keeping her against her will. And <sighs> Leah's like, the easiest thing in the world for them to do would be to fucking put a camera in front of Shelly Miscavige and have her say like, hey, I'm so happy here and wherever I am at the gold base. Fucking, I feel great and I'm happy. Ooh. That would be so easy for them to do. And why won't they fucking do it? It's because she's being held against her will. I agree. So, I agree. Leah's right. Catch up on Scientology in the aftermath. And also, they did a special on Jehovah's Witnesses, and you should watch that too. Have you guys watched Going Clear yet? Ugh. What are you doing? All right, I have to move on. Okay, so Stephen King is like, ugh, Shelley Duvall and this thing. And it's like, Shelley Duvall's like, I was just being yelled at for a year. This is not my fault. So, like, that's sad. That's sad to me. Oh, and I forgot to even say. So, this was in 1980. In the 70s, she was in Annie Hall, which, gross, Woody Allen is a fucking monster. Gross. But on set, she met Paul Simon, right? Paul Simon of Simon and Garfunkel. And they lived together. married to Carrie Fisher. Oh, I'm getting to that. So, okay, so they lived together for, like, two years, her and Shelley Duvall. Him and Shelley Duvall, right? Yeah. And she introduced Paul Simon to Carrie Fisher. And then Carrie Fisher started dating him. Oh, that's hard. And then we're married for a while. Okay, so, like, how much does that suck? Especially because her dad left Debbie Reynolds for Elizabeth Taylor, right? History only repeats itself. And now it's like, Carrie, you're Elizabeth Taylor. No, Carrie is. Oh, Carrie. Carrie is Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor. Yes, exactly. I'm so sad that they're both dead. But also, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. And I know I miss them. Deborah okay. Reynolds. In 2002, we got to move on. We're at 40. We're already at 2002. No, okay. We're so that happened. That all happens, and now it's 2002. 2002. She's interviewed. She's been out of the public spotlight for a really long time. She's interviewed on the Doctor Phil show. Mm-hmm. No, Doctor Phil fucking sucks, obviously. But this interview is insanely awful and exploitative he exploits her so she is on the show they're they're being interviewed she's being interviewed Mm -hmm. and she is clearly and completely off the fucking rails oh god she makes no sense it's so sad she has no idea what's going on she's talking complete nonsense she's talking about like the bermuda triangle and how people are trying to kill her and how people are coming after her so she's clearly like mentally ill and he knew that and he interviewed her anyways which what the fuck he literally capitalized on her mental illness to get views on his show and he did that because everyone and and like obviously he did because everyone's like oh my god like what happened to Shelley Duvall and it's like I'm also like that I'm like what happened to Shelley Duvall but he put her on tv when she's in a state and so it's like oh my god this just like wayfish saucer-eyed Bambi woman deserved better than this cruel fucking world yeah I don't understand why he did that to her I think tv is a menace I do too I really do just like Dr. Phil Dr. Drew, who I trust more, but I don't trust him that much, like, people are exploiting other people, and they're exploiting women, and that's wrong. Segway, he, Dr. Drew is from Celeb Reality. Segway, drink! I am too drunk for this. I don't think this is a good episode. I don't think this was good content. Do you think this was good content? We'll have to see after you edit it. I know. I'm not gonna edit it. 
You guys, if you just listen to this, I put this up on SoundCloud like 20 minutes after we did it. So I don't give a fuck. But this is what happened. This is the truth. True life. Guys, can I say something to you? Are I you feel done? like I've been screaming for 45 minutes. Have is you, that the truth of what have happened? Have you said everything you wanted to say about Shelley Duvall? I don't know anything else about what's happening with her. I don't even know if she's alive or dead. I didn't look that up. Let me look that up. <laughs> okay. You tell some of the people while you're all I'm doing that. Here's what I want to say to you guys. This is an intimate moment between the f- three of us, which is you, me, and Allie. And if you're listening to anyone. She's still alive. We're all doing our best every day. Yep. All you can do in every moment of the life that you live is your personal best. Not somebody else's best. No. Not, not your mom's best. No. Not your friend's best. No. Not somebody, not an Instagram influencer's best. Fuck your no. best. Your best. And today, we had too many shots of gin. And this is our best. This is our personal best. With three shots of gin in our body. Okay. Do you hear us? <laughs> so. So we're going into 2019. Doing our best. Doing our best. And you know what? Tomorrow is real New Year's, and we're going to drink a lot of champagne. Yep. And we're still going to do our best. And every single day, all you can do is the most that you can do that day. And if one day you cannot do that much, that's okay, you guys. I'm fine with that. That's okay. That's okay. Because you're doing all you can do. And life is hard. It fucking sucks sometimes. And then other days, it's beautiful and awesome. So all you can do is your best, and I'm horrified, and I'm proud of you for living every day as best as you can, as most as you can. I love you, and I think you're doing amazing. Dang. That was so fucking beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, Allie. Is there anything you want to say to our listeners? I just hope that... In 2019, you guys stay horrified. Should I do the long one? Do the long one. (laughs) I love you guys. Stay horrified. Thank you.